Hello there, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of One for One. I'm your host, Nolan Schumann, joined as always, a plot twist, actually not joined by my co-host, Miles Fuchs. Uh, he's currently on the IR, uh, back in one to two weeks. We're not too sure. Hopefully a week, could be two. You never know if we have any setbacks. But joining me this week, I have a special co-host, someone very close to one for one, someone who's a, a, a dastardly villain, but also lovable in a way that is uh, almost reminds you of, of of your of your favorite films, where the real star is the bad guy. I'm talking about none other than Flames fan Kyle. Kyle, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Nolan. Uh, this is like when Jimmy Fallon gets another drunk injury, and they have to find two weeks worth of D-list <laughs> celebrities to host the show for them. We're uh, so as effectively we're on like what uh, uh, Roseanne Barr pre-cancellation. <laughs> yeah, that or like the eighth tier SNL writer that they just grabbed from three floors down. <laughs> Like, hey, we heard you're writing a new pilot for NBC. Just call, just pop on up for a minute. This is even more us. Well, uh, I, I I appreciate you hopping on on on, on such short notice. Um, I'm 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 excited because I had to record this week because there was no way we were not going to be able to record, especially post trade deadline, um, post. Uh, uh, post all of the all of all of the goofs and gaffes and and fun shenanigans. So I do appreciate you coming on, uh, and 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 I appreciate you dealing with my lateness. Uh, as I was telling you before we recorded, well, I was telling Kyle before we recorded uh, that I that I went I went for fancy ice cream, and by fancy ice cream I mean my ice cream was I got ice cream and a coffee, and it literally came to thirty four dollars before tip. Oh no. That's that's out of hand. Uh, and the uh, the have you ever had the lactose free ice cream? That's even more expensive than that. So it, it's funny you mention that because on the way home, maybe TMI, don't care, but was feeling some ingestional or in, in ingest inge, ingestional. I don't freaking know. Um, some discomfort let's say and, <laughs> and 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 taylor said to me she's like i think you might be lactose intolerant i said that is not possible i love ice cream far too much and love cheese far too much so i i don't care what it does to me it could put me into a coffin but i will continue to run with the run with the dairy the the dairied ice cream the dairy train there's there's a there's a milkshake place that's pretty famous out here called uh, called Peter's Drive-In out out here in out here in Calgary and that that those milkshakes have the same effect on me every time but uh, it will not stop me. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, uh, what's your what's your biggest or is is your biggest pet peeve when people call it Calgary? Mm, it's not great. Uh, I just know that they're not, they're not a local, um, this isn't like a Ben and Jerry's ripoff, Cal and Gary's, we are our own city, uh, but it's same thing as Toronto, Toronto, right? Oh, right? God. Like, just, just get a little, just acclimatize. Yeah. Listen, listen to the locals. It's similar to what I hear people talk about, like, Saskatchewan, they go Saskatchewan, like, mm-hmm. guy, no, not come quite. on. Come on, it's it's just it's 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 Saskatchewan, okay? It's Saskatchewan. Uh, speaking of wins, the Oilers did not win the past two games. Um, but do 
Um, okay, anyway. anyways. Um, so I guess we'll just kind of go over. So Miles typically does like a run through of everything. Um, I can quickly go through this. I'll I'll be honest with everyone right now. We're gonna we're gonna pretty much wing this thing. Um, uh, because I I typically do like a little rundown and stuff, but there's so much to go over that we're just gonna kind of wing it and we're gonna see how things go. Um, we'll quickly talk about just like the games at hand. Um, I don't really have much for notes on them. Uh, and I believe Kyle did watch one of the games uh, because it was a, 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 a collapse in the finest of proportions by the Edmonton Oilers. We'll talk about a little bit of trade deadline. I have what looks to be a, uh, a, a, a diary entry by Miles Fuchs that he asked me to read off as he's uh, currently succumbing to his uh, to, uh, to his injuries and illnesses. So, uh, or injuries or illnesses, whichever one you want to go. Ooh, choose your own adventure. But uh, let's let's just quickly start off here. Um, talk about a few of the games. I, I I know, like I said, I know you only watch the Dallas game, so we'll pretty much get to that. Um, but uh, essentially, what would happen this week? Uh, Oilers played pretty much a perfect game against the Buffalo Sabers. It was the return of Mike Smith, um, and and really, it was. There was no chance of Buffalo coming back, and 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 really they should have taken this game, but they, but, um, but they held up. I don't even know what I'm saying at this point. I I, I kind of got lost there, but anyways, six uh, one win for the good guys. Thank goodness. And then unfortunately, uh, two days later they play they 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 faced off against the New Jersey Devils. Uh, stormed out to a three one or uh, I believe a three nothing lead. They looked incredible, and then um an an incredible scare at, in, in the very end. But luckily. Um, Boo Vanderkane was able to save the day. And then they went into Colorado, the day of the trade deadline. And I was a little bit excited for this game because I was hoping maybe in like a perfect in a, in a, in a in a perfect world, maybe we might see some of the new guys. Uh, but no, that did not happen. Uh, and believe it or not, the Oilers went basically shot for shot with the best team in the league for roughly two periods. And then the Third period was all Colorado, and then effectively the the the, the overtime and um, Nazem Kadri ripped off Darnell Nurse's helmet, and that was terrible. But I don't want to make excuses for Darnell Nurse. Maybe do up your helmet a little bit tighter, and then unfortunately, um, Evander Kane has like some of the biggest goofs and gaffs that I've seen on a on a on a on an ice platform this season. Uh, Completely loses the puck, gives it right over to Kale McCarr, who sends it over to Nathan McKinnon and rifles it on net against Mike Smith. And the Colorado Avalanche won 3-2. Now, Kyle, let's get to the game against the Stars. Um, let's. let's do that. Um, my, er, oh, Jesus Christ, this is going to be a bit... At least it sounds similar. At least Kyle and mm-hmm. Miles sound similar. Uh, yeah. Kyle, give me your thoughts on this game. I am noted notably on the record as being extremely anti Dallas stars. I think that uh, they continuously stumble into exciting young talent and then just mismanage the hell out of them. Uh, so it, it drives me nuts to see their new shiny toy, uh, Mr. Jason Robertson lighting it up and then immediately like Rupe hints and Radic Pasca like get, garbage ice time and deployment like they're they're a whole system that drives me insane um i don't like jamie ben's game tyler sagan 
needs to stop texting Zobin and kind of focus on a playoff run before their windows closed. Uh, but yeah, there was, this was the same night. Uh, I was, I was flipping back and forth between this and the flames playing the sharks and the flames and Oilers kind of, kind of crossed the aisle to give each other a handshake and lose in the exact same manner that night. So the tough, tough day to be an Alberta sports fan. Uh, yeah, yeah, man, I, I, this, this game was infuriating on so many levels because it, it's, it, and I guess the good news about it and really the, the good news about this current Oilers team is that they're at least showing basically like two thirds of the way they're effectively dominating and, and just imposing their will on the other team. But then it's that third period comes around and they completely lose sight of, of, of what they can do. And because um, Kyler Yamamoto brings these boys out to a one nothing lead in the first period. They look great. Awesome. Aforementioned Jason Roberts in the second period decides to put a little bit of damper on that. And then following up right after one of my favorite players in the league, Joe Pavelski, who's still cooking at the age of what, like 47 right now, uh, puts Dallas up 2-1. On a power play, uh, and 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 I'll get to the power play after this because the power play drove me fucking nuts, um, and it it's it's it still continues to drive me nuts. Uh, then luckily Evander Kane ties it up, as I I, I, I have this bit now on the uh, on on the one for one Twitter account. I don't know if you I don't know if you've noticed it at all, but basically every time Evander Kane scores, I I try not to celebrate it, so I go I do like. Um, broken down, battered, and then it'll be like, attaboy, Kaner, or it'll be like, <laughs> smoking a cigarette, like, attaboy, Kaner, like, so, uh, pr- basically, by the end of the season, I'm expecting it to be like, reaches, reaches thumb out of a coffin, attaboy, Kaner, yeah. um, yeah, in fact, yeah, exactly, and then, following that up right after, Leon Dreisaitl makes it 3-2, off of an assist from Devin Short, <laughs> and, oh wait, I forgot to mention too, that Evander Kane goal, shorthanded, shorthanded goal, uh, Jay Woodcroft with like massive dick energy on that and sending out Connor McDavid and Evander Kane, probably two of the weaker defensive players in the Oilers. I, I, w- I would maybe say so myself um, out on, uh, out, out on the PK and they were able to score that one luckily. But anyways, with about five minutes left, Rupe Hintz gets the puck. Yeah. And, um, God damn it. Uh, this is a rough game for Darnell Nurse. It it wasn't great. There were a lot of uh, big Jay journos taking that, uh, taking the highlight clip of this goal and being like, wow, Hintz is so sick. Like he doesn't get enough <laughs> eyes. I'm like, that is being very generous that this is the narrative on this goal because, oh boy, does Darnell Nurse not play it well. No, this, and this is going to go right into the Gurionov goal as well because that's, it's, it, and I, I think that overall Darnell Nurse has had a really good season. Um, you can look at a lot of the underlying metrics. The offensive numbers are not there, but especially under Jay Woodcroft, I think he's taking a massive step ahead and he's looked like a, um, I don't want to say like a shutdown defenseman because I, I don't quite look at him that way. I, and I still think that he's a guy that even at the age of like 29 or 30, he's still going to get better. And it's just about fine tuning that offensive game. It's becoming a little bit smarter on the defensive side of the puck. Um, but uh, I mean, this is like the, everything broke down in front of him and he didn't know what to do. It was like he had shell shock, right? And he just 
completely fell. He completely bit on every little bit that 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 the stars took on him. And yeah, the oh god, the the, the Rupe hints just like completely dancing through every member of the Edmonton Oilers, and then going right at Darnell Nurse. Darnell Nurse completely loses his angle and scores on Miko Koskinen. Um, I, I don't know what upset me more, the Hintz goal or the Gurianov goal. I would say probably the Gurianov goal <laughs> because it happened so quick in succession um, that I was expecting Jay Woodcroft to make a bit of an adjustment and to take Darnell Nurse off the ice. Oh, Darnell Nurse and Cody Cece, by the way, because uh, top mm-hmm. pairing Cody Cece. Co- uh, King, Sir, Sir, Sir Cody Cece. Of so back. Dude, you know what? I've I can't believe I'm saying it. I love Cody Cece. That's I spent the first ten games absolutely hating the Erica Branson Nikita Zadarov pairing, and I've come so far around on them. It happens. Yeah, but uh, but uh, Good Bunsen has basically scored like five goals, hasn't he? Yeah, his career year. He's gonna get paid like. Five mil by some dummy next year. Oh, the uh, the Ottawa Senators for sure. <laughs> come he's, back. He's come return. Home, he King. is returning to Ottawa, and he's gonna. They're gonna be like, and Pierre is just gonna be like, oh, this guy played for the Kingston Frontenacs for for three years under so and so head coach, third overall pick to the 2010 draft. Yeah, I I, I know that draft pretty well because that's the Taylor Hall draft. That's uh, those are those per- are good times. Perfect, perfect guy to take Thomas Shabbat under his wing and really show him, really show him the ropes as a pro. I cannot wait until we can talk about the Travis Hamonic trade because what a <laughs> fucking disaster. Uh, but yeah, uh, during Dennis Gurianov puts the, uh, puts the Dallas stars up by four, three. And I I mean, it it literally takes a shooting star for the Oilers to tie it up with the empty net. So, um, obviously Tyler Sagan scores to make it five, three. Um, it's not the first time Tyler Sagan has scored in Edmonton. (laughs) Well, uh, but I miss you, Zobin. I, man, I just, God, just it's such an aggravating game, and it would have just been so nice to have a nice bounce back win, especially after the the heartbreaking loss to the Colorado Avalanche. But instead, they hope hopefully get to kick the shit out of the San Jose Sharks tonight. Okay, Kyle, did you have any last thoughts on the Dallas game or uh, the? <laughs> I know you're really much of a skin in the game, but like uh, the 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 past Oilers week in general. I, uh, I I think that's, even though uh, it was only one point coming out of the Colorado game, I think that's a really good outcome. Uh, oh, and the Flames, the Flames have had two measuring sticks against the Avs this month, and they've, they've gone one and one. But uh, it's going up against the kind of the undisputed top team uh, and, and playing them well. That, that's really encouraging heading into, heading into this time of the year. So I, I think that's, I think that's a good takeaway for the Oilers, especially with, uh, Vegas being in their current state right now. So, so stinky, um, stinky, uh, pretty minus the Dallas game. I, I looking at that, that's a, that's a pretty optimistic, pretty optimistic, uh, week, week for the Oilers. Yeah. I, 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 I think, I think so too. And I, but man, like, I love watching the Colorado Avalanche play hockey. It's, yeah, it's it's so aesthetically pleasing. It's just and and you think to yourself like 
like Jack Johnson doesn't look like a complete and utter sieve, even though apparently he's quite bad in Colorado and he's not very good, but it's like something about the puck movement around him looks really good and makes you feel a lot better about his play on the ice. Um, but I just, and, and, um, I think, I think they're going to do some wonders for Josh Manson as well, because Josh Manson kind of coming in, you know, I, I feel like he's always been a little bit on the overrated side. I don't, I've never thought of him as like prime Mark Edward Vlasic, like some, like, like some people like to make him out to be. Um, but man, when, when guys got in front of the net, he's like right there and he's beating the ever-loving shit out of them. So it's, it's definitely something that they needed. Now, they essentially have to not be, like, basically the Leafs of the West because they're utterly close to being that right now. So um, they, they make it through the first round all right. It's the second round. The <laughs> yeah. So Daryl had a great quote uh, a couple couple days ago when media asked him about Colorado. He's like, yeah, we, we cannot be in that wild card spot because whoever plays Colorado in that first round, that's that's a waste of eight days. Yeah. Uh, so sorry to Nashville or Dallas or Vegas, whoever whoever ends up getting getting Colorado first round because McKinnon likes to go buck. But it's also too like if if, if it but the, the thing you have to remember about that too is like if Vegas somehow sneaks into that file final wild card position, so it's there. I w- was actually looking into this and 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 I wanted to bring it up because I'm gonna kind of turn this into also talking about the Evgeny Dodonov debacle that that all happened. Um, so in case anyone was not familiar, uh, Evgeny Dodonov, uh, forward for the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, who was recently traded by the Ottawa Senators to the Vegas Golden Knights uh, because they decided that they were going to trade their Vesna winning goaltender and not have $12 million spent on goaltending and decided to use that other $7 million on Evgeny Dadanov. This is not a practice I recommend. <laughs> um, but there is, so, uh, and then, so essentially what happened was, is Vegas has been so hamstrung against the cap. They have been so deep into LTIR use right now. They currently have uh, Mark Stone and Alec Martinez, both on IR as well. Or, sorry, they're on long-term injured reserve and on injured reserve. So still counting against the cap, Max Pacioretty, Robin Leonard, Riley Smith, and Braden McNabb. So they currently have just an injury, just, like just an injury money, 15 million that's not on the cap and 19 million that is on the cap. So they have just gotten the ever loving shit kicked out of them. Um, oh man, I feel so bad. Oh, here's here's a I'm I'm playing a small violin for you, uh, but so it, it, effectively what they tried to do is clear up some of that cap space by moving out the money of of Evgeny Dodonov, who is healthy by the way, and I don't know how many goals he has scored, but I can pull that up very quickly. And his five million dollar cap hit, yikes! Uh, he scored 15 goals uh, for 27 points in 62 games. So uh, not what you like to see from someone making five million dollars, but Nonetheless, not not the worst contract in the NHL by 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 any stretch of the imagination. Uh, which they sent they sent Evgeny Dodonov and a second round pick to Anaheim for John Moore. Uh, I believe there was a was there a pick in there as well. I don't, I think it was just John Moore and the contract to Ryan Kessler. Oh yeah, Ryan Kessler, who's been retired for three years. Um, yeah. 
but effectively to just get that LTIR space and to cut down on the amount of of of, of cap that was on there. Well, spoiler alert. Evgeny <laughs> uh, Dodonov has a no trade clause uh, that was apparently not disclosed by the Ottawa Senators, and uh, he did not want to go to Anaheim. And now the trade has been reversed. <laughs> So now Evgeny Dodonov has to go back to the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, what were your initial thoughts of this whole friggin' debacle? This is just like a colossal fuck up from all parties involved, <laughs> minus maybe Anaheim. Uh, you know what? I do not pin blame on the Senators. I, you've got to submit it, though. Like, so you missed that. The Vegas. Vegas probably knew, like the way they've treated their players. I have a hard time giving Vegas the best, and their some of their coaches already. Um, they've not been a very player friendly organization uh, so far, uh, so I have a hard time giving them the benefit of the doubt. Dadanov's agent is so fired for all of this, <laughs> and then like. I could go on cap friendly and find this. Like how does no one realize that like, yeah, you can't see the details of the teams that he's uh, like, you could, that's not public information, but you can at least see that the guy's got a no trade clause and uh, maybe he doesn't want to go to the state with the highest state tax. Maybe like that might be, that might be something you want to look into. So the other, um, so the thing about that and the thing about like the no trade clause and cap friendly and all that is that's the reason why I don't really pin too much blame on the Ottawa senators. I think it, I think it's kind of clever not to (laughs) be like, Oh yeah, you just, yeah, he just wants to go there because at the end of the day, they get like Vegas gets the player's contract. Right. And you, you would, you would expect that a billion dollar hockey franchise would have lawyers that look over contracts and would be able to say, Hey, this guy is a no trade clause. Did you guys know about that? And they also have, I believe he was the inventor or the, the guy behind um, general Fanager before general Fanager shut down. He was like the original guy that they hired for like their capologist. Yes. Salute to you, uh, uh, general (laughs) Fanager. (laughs) But I just, I, I, I yeah I I think that this is I personally I put this on Vegas I just think yeah. that hey man if if you were not if you were not smart enough to go over all of the little details then that's on you like there's nothing else you can do about it um, but it's just it's I I love seeing it I love seeing the free fall of Vegas right now now with that being said they're probably about to rattle off eleven games in a row as I'm as I'm as I'm gloating about it right now but. You know what? You don't des- you deserve to suffer after not suffering as a franchise. Your fans deserve to go through some shit as we have. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. And the two all the trade there was there was a rumor being that like the the no trade clause wasn't filed and that was dispelled whether it was today or yesterday because there's a deadline that your no trade lists have to be submitted to the league in the central registry and the trade clause uh, for all three years of his contract were submitted on time. So I don't, I don't know whose continued fault that was, but that, that got dispelled. So makes me agree with you even more that this is fully on the Vegas Golden Knights. Thank you. I, I, I appreciate the fact that we're agreeing on this because I, I already feel like Miles would disagree with me. 
he'd be like, you know what, man? Vegas did nothing wrong. <laughs> like, fuck you, Miles. We're not we're not defending Vegas. I no, will. this is a this is an anti Vegas podcast. They, Vegas gets no handouts. Dallas gets no handouts. The Winnipeg Jets get no handouts. And you were probably so mad when I was when I when I was stroking them off in our preseason previews. Uh, that's all right. It it what goes around comes around to to some of these franchises. Um, other than that, what were some of your, uh, do, do you have any sort of like favorite, favorite trades that you saw, uh, during the deadline? Mm, I like seeing Florida go all in. Like when was the last totally. time that the Panthers have really gotten involved? So they start like, they started this back when they got Reinhardt like that, that was from that trade. That was, they were announcing that they're not, they're not here to fuck around this year. Um, and Giroux's a great piece of work. I mean, that's for the fact that they were able to swing him after the rumor was that he was heading out to Colorado, St. Louis, Minnesota, like so, somewhere out west that in that division for the, a long time that they were able to pull that. And grabbing Robert Hag for depth for a six-round pick when everyone else was paying seconds and thirds for D-men was a tidy piece of business. I think. Absolutely. So kudos kudos to the panthers um i mean i gotta i gotta talk about the calgary flames getting their ultimate weapon in ryan carpenter uh that's gonna that's a massive acquisition for the flames super excited that he's now bumped sean monahan out of the lineup for tomorrow's game what he uh, oh, scratched yeah monahan and lewis skated as extras today. oh my god it's it's been a it's been a tough it's been a tough year as the Flames actually acquired forward depth for the first time since <laughs> I did not uh, know that 2004. Um, and then uh, I got I to congratulate the Vancouver Canucks for uh, oh. claiming Brad Richardson. That's the missing piece. That's going to get you into the wild card spot. Uh, but actually. Uh, basically just taking Travis Hamnick and turning him into Travis Dermott. That's pretty good, especially with some of the reports immediately coming out of the room about Mr. Hamnick. Uh, So you, you, you talked about it right there. Let's just quickly talk about that deal in total. So, okay. So on a day that Josh Archibald and his $1.5 million salary could not be traded like except without a sweetener without without a little bit of a sweetener on there the Vancouver Canucks were somehow able to trade Travis Hamanick and his three million dollar cap hit which pre-2020 three million dollars on a cap hit not that bad you can kind of get away with that but you also have to remember that when we are now in an era where even $1.5 million, you should at minimum be a third liner. Like you should be a decent third liner on a good team. Um, $3 million makes this guy look like a full blown top four defenseman, like minute munching guy can, can be awesome on both ends of the ice. Uh, shocker. He's not that good. (laughs) Uh, and in addition to that, Travis Hamanick is also apparently, or well, you know what? We'll save that. We'll we'll save that for after. But anyways, he was traded 
to the Vancouver or sorry to the Ottawa Senators for a third round pick, which was Vancouver's original third round pick. I don't know what that was from or what the what the what the deal was from where they gave that pick to Vancouver, um, or sorry to Ottawa, but they effectively got that pick back and then sent it to Toronto for Travis Dermott, who by all accounts like. I, I'm not I'm not the biggest Travis Dermott fan and a lot of like a lot of Leafs fans I talk to say that they don't really like Travis Dermott and it feels like every time you hear his name it's usually attached to a bad turnover in his own end that leads to a goal against but um there but there's something about just being able to turn that bad cap money into a much younger much more versatile defenseman that makes far less money um that it's just uh, like you said, a, a, a tidy piece of work. Um, now, post trade, there were some talks about Travis Hamannick and Travis Hamannick's fit in Vancouver. Uh, when he was brought on, he was brought on as a sort of pseudo replacement to Chris Tanev, who, by the way, has just like been exceptional in Calgary. I, I hate to say it, he's been among among the best yeah, he's, like he's good <laughs> fuck off <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh so he he's brought into to, to play in this role and especially with like quinn hughes taking the step back because everyone was like oh they're just gonna bring on travis hamnick it'll be like it'll be like he's playing with chris tanev because he played so well with chris tanev and um, yeah, that uh, that didn't happen. And so, uh, from I was reading actually the athletic article today, um, in which uh, Thomas Drance and Rick Dollywall went over the uh, they went over the trade, and I'll kind I'll pull it up here actually because it has some fun little it has some fun little tidbits in here. <laughs> Let me just pull it up. Um, Oh my goodness. So they had a little section in this and it was effectively just talking about the the Canucks deadline in general. And there is a little spot where they have it called the Hamannick thing, which I think is hilarious. Just, oh, 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 by the way, um, <laughs> lots of folks around the industry were stunned that the Canucks were able to jettison Travis Hamannick's entire contract without taking money back in the deal. That they got a third round pick in the process was gravy. It was a truly... <laughs> It was truly an unlikely and remarkable heist, <laughs> an indication that when gauging market value, all it takes is one sufficiently motivated player to upend the pre- preconceived notions of an entire industry. The deal was all the more remarkable because there were no other bidders involved. The Senators were the only Ooh. suitor for Hamannick, the only team that expressed interest. And then coupled with, um, there was a obviously a viral tweet by Mark Mathot that went out afterwards and um, he's very like Mark Mathot loves the Senators still. He, he loved being a Senator. He loves just banging the Senators drum guy is fucking red and gold until the day he dies. Um, but he said, he's like, Oh, you know, I don't know much about his play on the ice, but I know a few players and he's a different cat, <laughs> which <laughs> I think is so funny. Um, oh, man. Do, uh, as a as, as a as a Flames fan for many years and, and a watcher of Travis Hammock, uh, do do you have any uh, any thoughts on the uh, on 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 the man, the myth, the legend, Travis Hammock? I do. Uh, I he so 
I didn't hear any of this chatter during his time as as a Calgary Flame. However, a lot of that time did overlap with our, our brief Dougie Hamilton stint. And that was the bad locker room guy because he liked to go to museums. I don't know. I, still weird that we ran him out of town. I don't know how it ended up working for the Flames, but it did. Anyways, did not hear much about Hamannick during that time. What I think, unfortunately, could have been the turning point and this is unfortunately just a little bit of speculation, but I think uh, not going into the bubble probably didn't help uh, didn't help his stock in the room. Um, and I, he had totally valid reasons for it. And I, I in theory, shouldn't be something uh, that's that's looked down upon. But unfortunately, uh, that's that's not how hockey dressing rooms can work sometimes. And if you if if it feels like you're bailing on your team, uh, going into playoffs, that that's a rep that can stick with you. So that 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 probably didn't help anything, unfortunately. Uh, but you hope it's not that. But I, I uh, there that would have been the only time that there were any grumblings uh, with with his time in Calgary. Well, there is also the stuff too going into this season about the whole vaccination status, and they were waiting on whether or not he was going to get the vaccine or not, and um, which I I think he has it now. I I think he's vaccinated. I'm I would hope so. Yeah, you're going to Ottawa. Bertuzzi's Bertuzzi's the last holdout. Uh, uh, you are you are wrong with that. Oh, is Josh? Did Josh still not? Uh, step Josh, up? Josh Farchibald is still not vaccinated, and 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 the best part of sick. The best part oh, about that no. is that they. Uh, and you know what? This is actually a great segue because we're gonna get into the guy that the Oilers just acquired. Actually, the two guys that I just went for the the two guys the Edmonton Oilers acquired in Brett Kulak and Derek Brassard going to the Cup final. Let's go. Um, yeah, there, uh, uh, obviously as I, as I mentioned first, the Edmonton Oilers acquired, uh, defenseman Brett Kulak from the Montreal Canadiens for conditional second, a seventh and William Loggison. Uh, and then they finished off their day by acquiring for Derek, Derek Broussard from the Philadelphia Flyers for a fourth round pick. So, um, a couple of little moves here. Brett Kulak, I think they have bigger plans. I think that's why they paid a paid a second round pick for him. Um, obviously, most people see him as like a sort of a five six defenseman, but I think with the old man Duncan Keith in the lineup, they might try and move him down just a little bit. Uh, and I think effectively Brett Kulak is probably going to work his way work his way up into the lineup. Uh, and then with Derek Broussard, that's just a depth bottom six forward. Uh, I don't. Uh, did, did you hear about the whole uh, about the whole PK drama, Kyle? Uh, the PK Subban drama in no, which no they, one, not a single person, wanted to take uh, <laughs> take even a call on him. Uh, no, I was not talking about that. Uh, but <laughs> I, <laughs> I was talking about. Uh, so I, I, I guess you don't really. I guess you're not very active on Oilers Twitter. But anyways, for for everybody that is, we'll we'll be happy that we're talking about this. So. Um, Kurt Levins is uh, is a uh, a writer for the Edmonton Journal, and he contributes to the Cult of Hockey, as they're okay. called, uh, which includes um, uh, uh, Bruce McCurdy, who's actually awesome. Like I love Bruce yep. McCurdy, and and, and a, lo- a lot of Oilers fans love Bruce McCurdy, um, and 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 David Staples. 
Mm, okay. Yeah, big, big, big yikes on uh, on on our old pal Davy. I, I know, I know who's at the top of that triangle. But, <laughs> but anyways, so Kurt Levins decided to uh, give his uh, uh, give his his thoughts on on Derek Brassard, and this is really funny. Okay, so this is his first uh, this is his first tweet about about Brassard. Unsure the price for Derek Brassard, but a solid bottom six veteran option still skates very well. Good PK guy, some skill can play both center and left wing and right wing. Fifty uh, percent face off guy, cool. Awesome. Seems like he got got like a nice like little utility forward that can maybe play up and down the lineup. Uh, so then somebody. So, so then, uh, let me. Okay, I need to get. I need to get to all. I need to get to where the plies too. This is one of those tweets. Um, you know the me. So you know like the meme from um, that's uh based off of like American Psycho with the oh yes yeah very nice. And then there's like the, then it, it'll, it'll be something along the lines of like, let's see the replies and let's see the quote tweets or whatever. <laughs> yes. This is the one that says, Oh yes. Very nice. Let's see the replies. Um, let Uh-oh. me, let me pull it up here. So, uh, Oh my God, I'm sorry. This has taken so long. Here. Let, uh, let me guess not much of a penalty killer. So well, this it's, it's really, it's really funny. The, uh, the back and forth. Oh, he must've deleted the tweets. Oh, oh no but anyways boo. it basically turned into uh somebody said he he's he, like he's killed a total of like a hundred minutes in his career like on like on the penalty kill and he said and, and kurt levin's fired back saying i've watched him lots through his 16 year career and have and have friends in hockey that know he's killed penalties <laughs> okay. and they're like okay um but how do you explain the statistic of time on ice and then he just like, and then he was like, I see you're trying to challenge me to a fight. Oh. I'll remember that. Like, oh, just he's s- taking names. He's, he's taking numbers. Yeah. He is spicy. Like he's, he's not having any of it. Um, but that was, yeah, that, 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 that was the whole, that was the whole Derek Broussard PK drama. But it's, so I'm, I will say I'm, I'm. I'm happy with both moves. I like both players. I think both players are going to fit in really well. Um, uh, Kyle, I, I I figured you could probably give your quick uh, Brett Kulak thoughts because <laughs> he did. I, he is a former Flame. He is a former Flame. Uh, the Flames went through a weird period where they like lost two or three guys to the Canadiens that they just never should have. Like we lost Kulak and Byron for no good reason. Oh, to yeah, them. One of them was a waiver claim, but one of them was a garbage trade for two AHLers that just never panned out. Uh, not really sure why we ever made both those deals. They both ended up being nice depth pieces for Montreal. Uh, the Flames, uh, Boston Pizza Bradley broke his, uh, his time-honored tradition of acquiring a seventh defenseman for a fourth-round pick this year's uh, trade deadline. But if, if he... I'm he's turned a new leaf but if he had uh kulak was one of the guys that i was hoping that uh bradley would have taken a run at so still like his game uh he he was pretty for what limited minutes he got on their asinine cup run that they had last year he was still pretty good in the playoffs for it so i like it brassard i can't say i've thought about Derek brassard (laughs) in four years maybe so good for him that he's still in the league, still effective in what he's doing. And from, from everything I'm hearing, he, he should 
like you said, be a be a decent depth piece in in the bottom six. So with that being said, the uh, line the line combos got tweeted out today by uh, our old pal Bob Stoffer. Okay. And on the third line is newly acquired Derek Broussard playing with Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Jesse Poliarvi. I'm not doing it because Miles is not here, so Miles is the only one that's allowed to do All that. Right. Um, I love that, that third line. Good. I think that sounds so sick, yeah. and I think that's a line that could get really hot in the playoffs if they they got to make it first. Knock on wood. Um, and in the uh, on the fourth line, Warren Fogle with De- with uh, Devin Shore in the middle, not not my favorite, and Zach Cassian on the right wing. So yes, you heard that correctly. Derek Ryan is scratched. No. Yeah, I, I don't like that. Oh. Now, I would typically be more upset if Devin Shore hasn't been like Guy Carbono out there. <laughs> the <last laughs> little, like he's Devin Shore's been like low-key kind of awesome since Jay Woodcroft took over. Sure. Um I, I, I hate to say it. I feel gross saying it. Uh, but I, 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 w- I would hopefully like to see uh, see see my see my guy Derek back in the lineup. But I think it also has to do with cap implications as well because mm. Devin Shore only makes like nine hundred grand or something like that. Uh, and I mean, in your in, I don't think you can scratch Zach Cassian because you'll just look bad if you scratch Zach Cassian. Um, you'll just be taking an L right there, and I think that they want to try and trade him in the offseason to hopefully the Ottawa Senators. Because, mm. I mean, they they have to, right? Like yeah. they just like they, yeah. like they just have to do it. Coyote, um, coyotes need to hit the cap floor somehow. Yeah, there, there you go. Um, but I'm I'm really excited about Brett Kulak. I hear that since the uh, coaching change in Montreal, he's taken a huge step up. They basically. You're not going to get a very dynamic offensive game from him, but he's a pretty damn good defender, very smooth skater, and that's, I think, exactly what Jay Woodcroft wants. Um, and I don't think that the Oilers really needed a lot, um, but that's that's needing. Now, about what they actually did kind of pisses me off a little bit because I've I've talked lots about, uh, about the Flames in this show um, because... Everybody else around the league, all of the elite teams, are making these big, bold moves to get better. Did the Flames need Tyler Toffoli? Probably not. Like, they, 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 I mean, he, he may, like, he, he extends them being as good as they are, right? But they made a big, bold move because they're like, wow, a great player is available. We're going to jump on it. Callie Yarncroke, did they need Callie Yarncroke? Probably not. But you know what? He's a fucking good hockey player. So let's bring him on. Um, even this, even the situation in Tampa, like, you know, was it maybe a bit of a price for Brandon Hagel? Kind of, sort of, not really, because at the end of the day, you're trying to go for a third cup. You're probably going to at least make it back to the Eastern Conference Final. That late first isn't going to make one bit of difference. And like we mentioned before, too, Florida. Florida is just saying, we don't care. And that is what infuriates me the most because it's Bill Zito doing it, and he could have been doing that for the Edmonton Oilers, but instead Ken Holland showed his his Hockey Canada ring or his Hockey Canada's fucking bullshit and his three Stanley Cup rings that were inherited by a previous management regime. Yeah, it's uh, it 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 
this deadline can pretty much be summed up by a case of the rich got richer. Like every single like legitimately contending team uh, made a pretty big deal. Although, am I like am I just blanking or did what did Carolina end up doing? Like, they acquired aside from Max, Max Domi. Yeah, they traded. They I believe that's all they did. They just traded for Max okay. Domi, which is a pretty that, big so, pickup. Like I I yeah. I think he's gonna do well there. He's he's kind of on his last straw. I would say he's he's kind of he's kind of flubbed his way through his first two teams. So looking looking to see a little more from him, but he's certainly in an environment to succeed. So, but yeah, the I cannot believe that the Blackhawks made uh, Hagel available. Like that's uh, like Tate said it best. That uh, how is this not a guy that you want around for a rebuild? Uh, very good question, Jonathan. You're you're asking the right questions. You should have been um, doing that ten years ago. Absolutely, but uh, <laughs> too late. Even like even the Penguins, who probably don't really have a chance. Coming Ricard out Raquel of, is just yeah, oh, yeah. Like decent pickup. I was clamoring for the Flames to go after Raquel like three seasons ago, but um, I guess I, the one that I should talk about, I would be remiss if if as myself as a Flames fan that I didn't talk about was uh, Mark Neardano himself off, oh, to, yeah. off to the TML. Um, I know a lot of Flames fans that are upset at this, and I understand from their perspective that like it, it's, it's hard to see your former captain, pretty beloved in the city, uh, go uh, put on his hometown blue, white, and now really ugly yellow. Uh, but I don't think... It didn't really bother me for two reasons. One being that that wound was already cut open and healed at the expansion draft. Um, it, that sucked way, way worse just seeing him leave. Not It didn't matter where to, but it was way worse just seeing him go anywhere. And two, uh, it doesn't matter because the Leafs are boned in the first round anyways. So they're, they're not going to be Florida. They're not going to be Tampa. And it, okay. Mark, Mark, Mark will get us 20 games in and retire or sign somewhere cheap. But uh, the, this trade doesn't do nearly enough for Toronto to sniff getting out of the first round, I don't think. So it doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I, still, I still have them pegged to get out of the first round. I'm, Ooh. I, it's more of just, I, I just have this feeling more than anything. I don't, I don't like the matchup against Florida or Tampa or anybody like that. Um, Cause yeah, they, they would have to, they would have to play. Uh, it would either be Ta- Tampa or Carolina, right? Is how it's currently uh, yeah. looking. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. I guess it's back and forth. Cause they could face off against Florida. Oh my God. And that's going to yeah. be a pain in the ass. And like, if Sergei Bobrovsky is on his Bobrovsky bullshit, like, yeah. like the good oh, yeah. Bobrovsky bullshit, like they're they're boned. Which he's sneaky has been this year. Yeah, he's he. I if if Florida's smart, they will try and get off of him this summer. Just be like, all right, the stonks are high. Let's 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 get off, right? Um, but I yeah, I I don't. I I'm I'm not totally sold on it. I think that the the problem with Toronto is they're. They're they're using a band-aid to fix a wound that needs stitches. If that makes sense. Um I don't I don't know if I and, and everything I hear from 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 Leaf fans is that they actually need offensive help rather than defensive help. 
apparently that's that's what I've been told is that they need more secondary scoring, which is like once again, why do you pay John Tavares eleven and or eleven million dollars <laughs> if do, do do you love my John Tavares bit of my yes, just, it's of, good. Of, okay, I, great. The Leaf Leafs fans deserve to have all of this thrown back at them. I'm, 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 well, I'm also trying not to get like I'm trying not to get like quote tweeted uh, because mm. that would really I don't want to be on like freezing cold takes, but they, they yeah. but freezing cold takes actually doesn't know that our show exists. So yeah, I'll be yeah not not yet. I'll I'll be there one day hopefully. Um, but it's there's something about there like there's just something about bringing on a 37 year old veteran defenseman when i think you just you just need another big piece like it's not it's you can't you can't get a guy that is going to fill in you know this middle pairing role for you you need a guy that is like full-blown top pairing like this this is our guy to play with morgan riley and i I, to be honest i don't really trust morgan riley all that much sorry sorry morgan but um you know, it's it is it's a little it's a, it's a little on the scary side, um, but I don't know. I yeah, I I agree. With you. Like the the problem is like matchups. And on a side note, I've heard a lot of I've heard a lot of people complaining about the playoff format because like we have all these crazy teams in the Eastern Conference, and they're like, oh well, what what like like it's so dumb that we're gonna have that we're gonna have one of Tampa, Florida, Carolina, Toronto, or Boston out like like out in the first round. It's like, but we wouldn't even be talking about, like, we're only talking about it this year because we could have been talking about it when it cut, like, I mean, look at the NFL, right? The AFC West is loaded right now, and there was a time when the NFC West was loaded, and we never complained about that. So why are we complaining about this now? I don't get it. It's, it's stupid. Um, what, uh, what uh, sorry, were you, were you going to make another point? No, no, I, uh, I agree with you. I, the It's... No, you're never going to settle on a playoff format that's perfect. But as long as it's best of seven series, five on five overtime till the end, I don't care. Put it in my face. Don't don't care how the seating shakes out. Um, what uh, do we have? Any other? Uh, do we have any other trades here that kind of uh, that kind of got you a little excited? Did uh, well, Mark Andre Fleury. Uh, I I guess we have. I don't think we've touched on that one yet. To to Minnesota. Um. I appreciate the effort by Minnesota, but have you have you taken a look at that forward group? That's it's not going to get it done against the Abs. So, um, not not sure what's what's going on there, but good luck to you. Kaprizov's kind of cool. I hope he's not full Putin supporter, but <laughs> I think we're also. Um, I, I think the 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 rationalization for that is kind of. You know how every year there's always a, a team that goes up against like a very heavily favored juggernaut in the first round and they just somehow take them out. Um Goalium. Yeah, exactly. They just straight they just straight up goalie them. And it's usually a goalie and a winger that gets really hot. So yeah. could the Minnesota Wild go up against the Colorado Avalanche in the first round and just somehow pull it off in five games and then Nathan McKinnon's having a press conference where he has a towel over his head and he's like I haven't, I haven't won fucking dog shit this year. It's because you haven't eaten a carb, Nathan. You're not strong enough. Do you think after he loses out early in the playoffs, he just immediately goes home and just binges on pizza? 
Yeah, that's he's uh, he's Ben Stiller at the end of dodgeball every offseason <laughs> for the first two weeks. Fuck, fucking Kirill Kaprizov. <laughs> um, oh my god! And we didn't talk about Ben Ben the Menace Chariot Chariot oh, Chariot the Chariot. the the, the, high, the highest price paid for a fucking defense with this deadline. Is Ben Ben Sherratt going off to the Florida Panthers, ladies and gentlemen? Yeah, so, I mean, Bill Zito did mostly good work, but, I mean, he kind of got, I think he's going to realize he got caught with his hand in the cookie jar on that one, because Ekblad just went down again, which, I mean, I genuinely hate to see that, because he's sick, and oh, I love his it. injury Ekblad. problems make me sad. Really handsome uh, man, too. But uh, yeah, he is. But uh, Mister Mister uh, Ben Ben Hur himself, um, he's gonna have to step up in some big minutes right away on that Florida team, and that could get dicey. See, I have this weird feeling about Ben Sherat in Florida, and it's that the system in Florida is gonna somehow turn him into like a really good-looking top four defenseman. And he also is probably going to play with Mackenzie Weger, which is, I mean, that's a guy that can make you look good no matter what. Um, Because, God, like, if Mackenzie Weger went down, as much as I love Aaron Ekblad, if Mackenzie Weger went down, oof! (laughs) That's that's like a, that's a hard oof muddle. But I was going to say, what was the, there was another deal I was looking at that I think, uh, you know, it's, it's funny that you, it's funny that you brought up the, the, the flurry trade with Minnesota, because I also really liked what Minnesota did too, by just shipping off Kakinen and a fifth round pick to San Jose for Jacob Middleton. Like, that's just a nice, like middle pairing defenseman that you can chuck in probably on a cup contenders, maybe a bottom pairing guy, but like, that's a guy that you're able to get for just extra scraps because you're not going to move off of Cam Talbot. And I also don't think that Capo Kakinen is really all that good. So I'm happy that the Oilers did not pay a pretty penny to acquire him. Um, and you know what? I figure for the last trade we'll talk about is um, I'm, I'm actually glad you brought up the Avs because let's talk about the Avs for a second. Um, their move to pick up Arturi Lekkonen. Um, obviously, they also picked up Andrew Cogliano. Sick. That one hurts. Um, but I I love the pickup of Arturi Lekkonen. Now the price is kind of interesting because apparently the Oilers were very much in on Lekkonen, but they just they just couldn't match Colorado's price that they paid. Um, in which they sent Justin Barron and a second round pick. Uh, Justin Barron, a uh, a twenty year old right handed defenseman picked in the first round in twenty twenty. Uh, in cur- currently has 20 points in 43 games for the Colorado Eagles in the AHL. That's like, that's a pretty nice prospect. And yeah. for Montreal, that's a really nice return. I love Montreal's deadline. I thought they killed it this year. Yeah. Like, no, they sold as much as they could. And I mean, they got a second round pick for they. I mean, they got a second round pick for Brett Kulak as well, which I don't like the price, but if the Oilers have bigger expectations about what Brett Kulak is going to add to their lineup, then it's okay with me. So, uh, but no, I, I like what Montreal did. Um, okay. So I forgot to mention too, at the top of the show, this is, this is the reason why I'm, I'm bad at doing this whole intro bullshit because miles (laughs) can kind of rattle everything off. Uh, because this week it's, it's great that Kyle's here, 
because we are going to do the one for one Oscars or the Academy Awards, which I don't I don't know whichever whichever they're going to call them. I wrote them down here as Oscars, but with a K, because uh, we don't mm. want to get sued. No. Uh, but before that, um, Kyle, should I read off Miles? Yeah, uh, Miles' he, is spiel. He labeled the section as "clear out of the paint" for Miles. I uh, actually did that. Believe it or not, oh, he sent oh, me the better. He sent me he sent me the notes because I said to him, "Do you want to do you want me to send me do you want to send like a little statement that I can read off on the podcast?" Because it's really funny when I read off Miles's writing because he yes. either spells something wrong or he says something so ridiculous that I would never have the creative ability to say. Um so, uh yes, this is what I call clear out of the paint for Miles. Jesus. By the way, this this might go for like almost 10 minutes <laughs> that's all right okay <clears throat> you're in spirit folks i need to take a, just a sip of beer yeah all right what a week it has been in oilers land a 6-1 blasting of the sabers yes daddy a 6-3 w in a matinee versus jack hughes and his band of merry men also how nasty is jack hughes playing remember when he had his own signature chipotle bowl for the draft absolutely insane listen to this shit steak brown rice black beans cheese lettuce and vinaigrette i was going to chirp this but it actually sounds pretty good imagine going to chipotle and not getting the chicken though that's pretty sus probably why they lost because there isn't a chipotle in edmonton do you know where there is a chipotle denver colorado which is where the boys went to next what a fucking hockey game my god 156 pounds of fury aka kyler yamamoto cross Living absolutely rent-free in the ball arena. Side note, dumb rebrand. The Pepsi Center was perfection. Maybe the best arena name in all of sports. A crisp, refreshing Pepsi, the fucking king of pop, and you go to the ball arena? LeVar doesn't even deserve the credit. Go back to Pepsi Center. Do you think they'll still serve Pepsi or went full fuck you and switch to Coke? That would be top shelf petty, and I would be here for it. Either way, the Evander Kane hype train came rolling into town until overtime, but I don't want to talk about that. (laughs) Have you guys noticed how much steez this guy has, though? Like the sleeves of, of the jersey ever so pulled up that you can see that tat sleeve just poking through. Not to mention his suit game is maybe the best in the league. At this point, I don't know. How, I don't know. We we don't. Or I don't know how we don't look at re-signing this guy just based on the drip alone. <laughs> drip drop Gucci size. Gotta be careful because there's always flexing when he comes to a new team, then poops bad juju everywhere. A discussion for another time, perhaps. Anyway, Kale McCarr and the Avs go freak show mode, and somehow the Oilers keep up. Mike Smith also playing pretty nasty the past couple of games. Miko has been too. The goalie, not your cat, Miko. Nolan. Uh, your cat is not an NHL goaltender, obviously. Solid goaltending, I think, is the result of the wide stance Woodcroft instilling a little defense into the team. Smash cut to Dallas where those guys are absolutely gassed and Darnell puts on a masterclass for how to close out a game. I'm actually kind of glad I'm not there for your Darnell rant because you went full blood sport on Twitter last night about it. Kind of rock star <laughs> tweeting at the Oilers about it. Also, I don't know if Nolan is being humble, but he just got us a follow from Oilers Nation on Twitter with the, rep- with the reply guy cred he's acquired. Good on you, buddy. Oh, thanks, Miles. All right. <laughs> My notes from the trade deadline. Some AAA Alberta beef coming back on the Oilers' blue line, getting Kulak from the from the Canadians. I'm really looking forward to seeing this guy join the team, potentially take a bigger role, uh, uh, potentially take a bigger role 
as I can see him being a fit on the blue line to make the team better overall. Shift some responsibility off Keith, who looks old. Sorry, not sorry. Broussard from Philly. I don't know much about this guy and the role he'll play on this team. I think this is his 10th NHL jersey, which is pretty cool. Getting close to 1,000 games in the National with 519 career points. Here's a centerman that all but confirms RNH will be tied to McDavid or Leon all playoffs. J.K. Stoffer has him on the monster third line with Nuge and Poole. Yes, ERV. Uh, uh, Daddy Nov going full superstar heater mode in Vegas. You can't trade. You you can't trade me. My dad's a lawyer. <laughs> Refusing to go to the Ducks is so funny, especially when Vegas has the Eichel curse and is in danger of missing plops. Seventeen games. Uh, seventeen games or seventeen days. What the hell is that supposed to mean? Sh- oh, shutout. I don't fucking know. Um, <laughs> Marc-Andre Fleury going to the wild is so fucking wild, lol. Trading an emerging young Finn who is a tandem with an NHL all-star for Marc-Andre Fleury's soul patch is so funny. Sad to see Maff, who is le- likely going to be a suitcase for the rest of his career. Also, so rock star Talbot throws a shutout in Maff's face. Hey, buddy, welcome to St. Paul. I'm about to put on a puck stopping showcase. Or puck stopping showcase. Show uh, the crease is mine. Tell Kelly and the kids I say hi while I take this team to a Stanley Cup final. Uh, Tyson Jose is a rock star. I'm full blown fever mode on this guy. Uh, Max Domi is uh, going to Carolina is crazy. The Hurricanes are Category Four nasty right now, and and got better this deadline. They are making a run this year, confirmed per Miles. I can't wait to see them go toe to toe with the big dogs in the East. Woof woof, Nerling. <laughs> P.S. Apparently, per Elliot, this deal went down through like with like sixty seconds left on deadline day. Nuts. Rockstar, Domi season cat for hurricane sound the alarm. <laughs> Geo to Toronto. Attaboy, Dubas. Actually, don't hate this. I'm more laughing at that they're following the similar recipe from last year, getting vet players as their winning formula hasn't worked well. That blue line is banged up. I just don't know if Geo is going to fare well in round one against Tampa's 97 octane attack. <laughs> Raquel the Pity is nuts to me. They gave up a lot for him. Never count out Crosby with a talented shooter on his line. They could spark some magic together. Cop to the Rangers pretty dirty too. Makes them better all around. You and FFK can both suck each other's toes. Oh, I have a spider on my friggin' microphone. Get him. Uh, Hold on. I don't want to touch him with my fingers because that would be unfortunate. Yeah. Uh... Uh, the Rangers are not much more than just a good goalie. We can we can discuss this in oh, a minute. Okay. Uh. Okay. Yeah. 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 We'll we'll, we'll discuss the Rangers bullshit. Up. Um. Cop to the Rangers, pretty <laughs> dirty too. Makes them better all around. You and FFK can suck each other's toes. The Rangers are much more than just a good goalie. They steal games and play good hockey. I would be nervous about a matchup with them. Lucking into the Avs, another good team making moves to get better. It's like they lose a guy and bring in another nasty Nasterston to play. They are the definition of next man up. You kind of forget how deep they are. I'm excited to see if they can handle the playoff pressure this year because you know those guys lose one game in the playoffs and the media is going to be on them and just crumble their brains. Circuit City overload cannot compute Natron system overload. Beep, boop, beep. Justin Braun, broken heart emoji, another example of NYR getting better. Shout out NYR, Nick, enjoy the playoffs, buddy. Marcus Johansson back to the Caps is funny. Appleton to the Jets, uh, Appleton back to the Jets is funny. Like, did Seattle just say, yeah, we fucked the expansion draft? Take your guys <laughs> back. They are stinky. 
Claude to Florida wasn't a deadline day move, but wow, Florida, have a fucking day, Zito. With him and Sherratt, the Panthers are all chips in as well. If Ekblad comes back and can can contribute, they're going to be tough to escape with. Unpopular opinion, I think Claude is going to have some chemistry problems on this team. He's always been a big dog and still has lots of fight in him. Well, uh, I hate to break it to you, Miles, but he already has a point tonight. I'm worried they may not be as seamless and immediately impactful as people think he's going to be. Oh yeah, here's a, here's my Miles. Uh, this is the segment Miles complains. Uh, this is his version this week. In pop Ooh. culture news, the hit TV show Young Sheldon is celebrating its hundredth episode this week. Wow! If you were looking for a sign from the universe that you can do anything, this is it. Because if a spinoff about a thirty-year-old virgin scientist who makes the same six jokes, six the same six jokes can last one hundred episodes, you can do anything. I'm allowed to chirp this show. My dad watches it. I can't believe it. Honestly, there's plenty of quality shows on TV and streaming services. It boggles my mind. People sit and watch this dork in a boat. I talk about science. The only scientist who fucked was Bill Nye, and he fucked a lot. Like, not Wilt Chamberlain style. I just mean Bill Nye was sick. Is sick. When the teacher in your school had a few too many Earl's happy hour drinks after their intramural volleyball game and changed the lesson plan at last minute to wield a TV cart with a Bill Nye video, you can't act like you didn't know. You don't know exactly what I mean when I say Bill Nye fucks. Young Sheldon, Thursdays at 8, 7 Central on CBS. Do you want to know something extremely depressing? You have a family member that loves young Sheldon. No, thankfully I was raised properly. Uh, but the Big Bang Theory ran for 279 episodes. I said this on the time that I, I kept on saying Bazinga to Miles. Chuck Lorre is a genius. Oh man, they made so much money. Dude. Those actors made so much money. Chuck it's gross. Chuck, what else? What else did you, I know Chuck Lorre also did Two and a Half Men, but uh, what else did he do? Let's, let's find out quickly. Um, bleak, bleak he, stuff. And he has created and produced space. sitcoms: Grace Under Fire, Dharma, and Greg. Holy shit! Two and a Half Men, The Big Bang Theory, Mike and Molly. Uh, the Kaminsky Method, Disjointed, Bob Hart's Abby Shola, Be Positive, United States of Al. He can't keep getting away with this. Oh my god. I, I, Retire. I love, I love that he basically made two versions of Mike and Molly in Mike and Molly and yeah. Bob and or Bob Hart's Abby Shola. They're basically like the same show. Don't they have the, the, the same star? I think so. With the, young, Sheldon, young Sheldon's up to 101 episodes too. That's not good. And and, re- and renewed for yeah, uh, two more seasons. So I, I like, I do not understand the Big Bang Theory's demographic. I just I don't get it. I just I I do not understand it. It's like oh, uh, here's a here's a surface level trivia joke about a superhero movie. Bazinga! I wanna I wanna say that it's like it's. It's targeted at church moms who are trying to be what they think is a cool mom. Oh no! It's like that's that's like, my take. Are you just gonna watch like Sex in the City instead? <laughs> well, that's what happens when the kids go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> no, when the no when the kids go to bed, they watch. Uh, they watch. Uh, uh, they're uh, watching Euphoria. No, they're they're watching they're they're watching pre liberal nonsense Saturday Night Live. <laughs> uh. 
All right. Um, speaking of uh, multimedia, or actually, sorry, we were going to talk about one quick thing in the uh, in, in in the Miles notes. We were going to talk about the New York Rangers quickly. Uh, yeah, I was going to mention that in one of our uh, Oscar categories. So we we can okay. both fill in. I, okay. I've, no- I've nominated a Ranger alongside some thoughts. Okay, wonderful. Um, okay, well, why don't we jump to it? We will we will jump to we will jump to the one for one Oscars. Uh, should we do this the old fashioned way, or sorry, the the way that they would actually televise it, where we where we save the best ones for last? I think so. I, okay. I think that's I think that's a good way to do it. Okay. Um, I'll, I hate to break it to everybody, but I I did not uh, I we didn't have really enough times uh, to get all of the uh, all all of the different categories and so or sorry all of the different nominations and so we'll kind of just sort of wing it and we'll just see how it how it all looks. Um, why don't why don't why don't we start off with somewhat of a big one and we'll go uh, best foreign film, which is Ooh. the which is the best non North American player. All right, uh, so we'll we'll get this Rangers talk right out of the way. Okay, so uh, I'll, uh, Igor Shosturkin. Um, okay, let's talk about Igor Shosturkin, and then we'll and then we'll rattle off the rest of the nominees. All right, yeah, this this just needs addressing. Uh, the Rangers are entirely a one goalie team. Uh, every time Shosturkin has somewhat of an off night, it is seven goals into the back of the net because they have no team defense. I don't know who the fuck they're kidding. They're gonna like they're not. They're like the they're that little brother who was kind of fast and could like speed to keep up with all the older brother and all the kids. But as soon as like you actually had to swing the bat or kick the ball, it was just whiff after whiff and it's embarrassing to watch and i i totally believe in shesterkin being able to uh being able to win them a game or a series even but they are they are just not there there's too much depth in the east and they're boned yeah there's and and the other thing that people are the other thing that people haven't taken into consideration is that like chris Kreider is having a like all-time supernova shooting percentage season. <laughs> like he's going to finish off with probably 45 goals, maybe possibly hit 50. I think he's at like 42 now or something, yeah. which is completely insane to me. Um sustainable. But uh yeah, Ranger fans, I would maybe hold off on the uh on the Chris Kreider was actually sick discussion uh <laughs> until like year. He was awesome this year. I will I will admit he was awesome this year. Uh but and and you know what is actually the the and this is kind of a tangent but like you know what i find so shocking about the rangers is just how bad they've been at developing players like really trading away their good ones Uh, yeah like how have capo caco and alexi lafreniere not turned into stars already i don't know there's a lot of he he just he you know what Lafreniere finally got his first power play point uh, a week or two ago. C- congratulations, so, Alexi. I I take it all back. There is a a page has turned in New York Rangerland, and they're gonna they're gonna beat everyone. They're they're going to the cup, baby. 
they're they're one of those teams that I've, I mentioned before. If if they like straight up could be a hot goalie and they could work their way to the Eastern Conference Final, and then we're it's... and then Miles is, da- is 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 tap dancing on our graves, yeah. and then they'll get blown out in the Stanley Cup Final. Yes, so that, yes, that's will. it. Um, All right, who else? Okay. Who else have we nominated? We, we've also got uh, Anze Kopitar. Uh, I mean, Anze Kopitar is just. A really good hockey good player, and he's having a great season. He's on a great team. Um, Artemi Panarin, uh, who is the best Rangers skater. Uh, was this the one? Were you the one that wrote "fuck you, Adam Fox hates Putin"? Yes, I did. Uh, well, it's a pro that Artemi Panarin hates Putin, but uh, as a Flames fan, uh, Adam Fox demanded his way out of Calgary. Uh, we fucking made you. We made you, Adam Fox. None of your own hard work. None of your natural skill is the. <laughs> Fucking flames organization that made you, you ungrateful bitch. Was it the was it like the pressure of him having to go to an uncomfortable situation in Calgary that he was like, Okay, I I will become a better player and demand a trade from the Calgary yeah, Flames. No, he got drafted and took a look at Chris Russell and <laughs> Travis Hamannick. How dare you fuck, besmirch fuck, Chris Russell? I'm, I'm never cracking that lineup. Get me out of here. So, oh yeah, you he's, know a, he's a he's a 2016 draft. He's pretty young. Yeah. I forgot about how young he is. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna. It's I'm glad he's out east because that that one would haunt us for a while. If, yeah, if he wasn't, it's it's insane just how good he is. Um, and 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 finally, uh, Dmitry Kristich, all time right. all time Ukrainian NHL scorer, 596 career points in 811 games played for the Caps. Leafs, Bruins, and Kings. I think that kind of goes without being said. And the Oscar goes to Dimitri Kristich. We're taking a stance. Here on one for one, we are brave enough to say, hey, that Putin guy, he's up to no good. As you as you just start saying, what's that? What's that beeping coming from under my chair? <laughs> <laughs> what's happening in Ukraine and how you can help? <laughs> listen to one for one. Yeah, listen to one for one. <laughs> um, okay, next one we'll go to is we'll go to uh, we'll, we'll go to best costume design, which we have. <laughs> we, we, have... we have a. There's a winner, and uh, just a just a generic nominee. Okay, uh, we'll go. Uh, uh, the Buffalo Sabers, and anyone but the Leafs, really. Which I think <laughs> I, I, yeah, it's just it. It really just has to be anyone but the Leafs. Those Heritage Classic ones, man. I uh, no. Why do I, people like those? That I don't know. Like I didn't like them either. Positive ones, and these new Bieber ones stink too. I'm I J Biebs Tim Be- the Tim Biebs hit. All three flavors. I haven't tried this new fourth one yet. I don't even know if it's out yet. But Jay Beebs went three for three on that boutique Timbit line. So I, this isn't an anti-JB take, but those unis are stinky. And you know what? I think that the that the that the best choice for the Oscar goes to. I think the Buffalo Sabres have just fucking nailed every uniform combination oh, yeah. they've had. They're so they are good. so good. I I think if, if if like Buffalo has been a story I've been paying attention to so much. Um 
and I just, I, I just, I, I, I've, I think that they've have such a bright future. I think that they have a lot of guys that kind of enjoy being on the Buffalo Sabers, <laughs> and they've got cool uniforms. They're just like everything's just positive, except for the Pagulas. N- n- nobody likes the Pagulas. Mm-hmm. Um, so congratulations, the Buffalo Sabers. Uh, best hair and makeup. Unanimous winner here. Yeah, uh, you, and the Oscar goes to uh, Cody Eakin with his mullet. Uh, that's like what a what a masterclass. You uh, usually rocks the headband. Just looks sick. Um, I mean, more Buffalo Sabers coming in and just cleaning up the awards this uh, this year. Excellent ginger representation. Uh, you, not enough between him between him and Giroux right now. The league is in a good ginger ginger place. Uh, it, Kyle, I'm I I I actually feel comfortable enough to tell you right now. Did I ever tell you who I thought who I, to, I who I said to Miles who I thought you looked like? <laughs> I'm very scared. Martin Nietzsche's. yeah you know what all right i could see it a little bit if i was like if i if i ate a few more like sauerkraut just a little more just a little more east hey there's totally worse people that could be to be uh, compared to oh yeah totally at least a sick hockey player yeah um okay we'll get we'll, we'll get the one serious one out of the way um because I I use the I use the uh, Gene Herschelt Humanitarian Award as like our like player legacy award, and I think last year I gave like we gave it to Patrick Marlowe. But uh, this year I I don't think there's been a a bigger icon for this than Kyle Beach. Um, I mean, hats off to Kyle Beach, and it just the 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 the, the bravery and the 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 poignance at which he was able to sort of reach out and able to come to really tell the full story to everybody um uh, with the help of Rick Westhead obviously and every other reporter that was involved in this um obviously <laughs> the biggest stain on hockey this season which is 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 insane to think about like at how many scandals this league goes through and somehow it can just get even worse and worse. And um, like I said, hats off to Kyle beach for sort of coming out and telling his story. Cause that, that, that takes a lot of bravery. Yeah. If, if his, if his story and, and, uh, and, and his bravery and determination to make sure, make sure things were out in the open and set as close to right as they could be doesn't change this, this industry and uh, th- this game that, that we all know and love, then I, I really don't know what will that's yeah. uh, that's exactly the type of role model um, that, that this game needs. And it, it, it sucks that he had to go through what he did, but it, we, we as fans, media players, whatever your role is, if you're even remotely associated with hockey, you you gotta you gotta lead by his example and uh, start start making this a safer place for everyone to be involved in. Absolutely, very well said. Um, okay, we will jump into a much more a, a much more upbeat one. <laughs> um, and by upbeat is a great term because uh, beat is in the is but there you go. Uh, the best original score, otherwise known as the goal song. Uh, Kyle, what, 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 what don't you read off the nominees? All right. We, uh, nominated for this award. We have, uh, electric worry <laughs> for the Calgary Roughnecks. 
That's right. Shout, Minnesota Wild, Party Hard, Pittsburgh Penguins, and Lithium for the Seattle Kraken. Uh, the winner being the Seattle Kraken for the only thing that they did right this year. Oh my God. That I, I was originally worried when they announced it. Cause I'm like, is this going to, is this going to kind of not, not slap when they play it? But man, when they first scored in like in the climate pledge arena or whatever the hell it's called, um, Oh my god, the pop and the and like the chorus for lithium just friggin' rules. I was so happy with it. It sounds so good. And I was um actually before we started recording, I was list- I was just watching a video that was all 32 NHL goal songs and when the Seattle Kraken one came up, I'm like, man, this Ooh. is this is so good. Um nice. I'd be remiss if I if I didn't mention cuz Miles actually did give me some input on the on the awards this year. Um in uh in best original score this doesn't count without hell yeah by rev theory but who cares <laughs> um yeah. uh Un- oh and official song of the pod and by the way uh best foreign film uh he uh he gave it to igor shesterkin so suck it miles um yeah, uh best uh best co- be, uh, be, best costume design. He gave it to uh, the New Jersey jersey for the memes. <laughs> All right, I like their the New Jersey hat hat better, but and then uh, for the hair and makeup, he agreed with us uh, on uh, on the Cody Eakin mullet. Excellent. Uh, okay, I would implore you to look up the electric worry uh, before we move on to the next category. Uh, the Calgary Roughnecks, the local national lacrosse league team here, they are a scumbag organization. They have treated two of my friends very poorly but oh boy do they have a sick goal song I, uh clutch it's, is it's the fun. is the artist yeah i yes. I, I i i gave it a listen before he started oh yeah, my god the chorus goes and especially when there's like 10 goals a night you're you're singing that chorus all the way to the bar is it is it is it similar to how uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets will just rip for those about to rock fire? <laughs> Nothing. Uh, not quite that obnoxious, but it, you know what? Maybe maybe if the Roughnecks really opened up on a heater and put twenty in, which has happened a, a couple times before. Um, yeah, it could it could get annoying, but yeah, usually usually I've been lubricated enough to not mind. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't like the choice of words. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, okay. I will, I, I will read off the uh, nominees and the winner for our next category, uh, but you can take the, uh, y- 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 you can take the explanation. All right. All right. Doo-doo-doo. Best supporting actor, which is the award for best teammate. Jonathan Taves, Nick Letty, Duncan Keith, Patrick Kane, and Patrick Sharp. And the Oscar goes to Patrick Sharp. <laughs> yeah. This what an upset! Uh, a player, a player that is currently TV broadcasting, takes the award for best teammate. Wow, you you really got to hand it to him. He did put in quite a performance. Um, but you know what? 
sleeping with uh, sleeping with a leadership a, a member of your leadership's uh, wife and then getting knocked out in the shower uh, that that is as committed of a performance uh, that I've that I've ever seen in the hockey room so undoubtedly a deserving winner and if you don't know what we're talking about Reddit is your friend thank God for Reddit and thank God for the, for the, for, I, I was about to say something that would have fell on deaf ears. <laughs> Whoopsie daisy. Um, let's move on. Shall we? Uh, next up is uh, our best actor category. And this is kind of an interesting one because you can go, uh, you can come at it from, from, from a multitude of different ways. Uh, I, I picked it as either selling calls or the cat or, or the best captain. Mm. And, and and the nominees are Sean Monaghan for his performance in Old. <laughs> Do you Have you heard of this beach that makes you old? Sure, <laughs> sure, sure looks like Sean Monaghan went there this year. <laughs> P.K. Subban for his performance in Jackass Forever. Mm, that's my captain or was he a captain is he a captain he's, he's not in new jersey he, right now he's, but. he's not a captain in new jersey no that would that would be that believe it or not uh the captain that's in nico new, right yes i i am always surprised when i see the c on his chest i'm like oh i've not realized he's the captain there um anyways alex tuck for bringing the fun back to buffalo okay good good man Claude Giroux for putting up with this shit and then getting and then getting the life raft. Because <laughs> you know he 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 put in yeah. this thousand games. He 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 people, he made through it. People talk about uh, how exhausting it must be to to have to play for or in front of Toronto and Montreal media. But holy shit, a thousand games for Philly fans! Uh, I salute you, yeah. Claude. Get out of there. <laughs> Uh, and in the final nominees, uh, Boone Jenner. Because did did you did you know Boone Jenner was the captain of the Blue Jackets? Not not until I read the show notes. Perfect. Yeah, because that's that that's still one of the most. That's still one of the, like you every once in a while you get that one team that's like, oh yeah, we're gonna give it to the leadership guy on our team. We're not gonna give it to our best player, <laughs> no, which is a total. Which is a total beta move, if you ask me. Oh, uh, completely. <laughs> and the Oscar goes to PK Subin for his performance in Jackass Forever, hitting Aaron McGee in the balls with a puck. Yeah, nothing uh, quite bringing, better than that. He, you know what? I hear I follow golf a lot, and there's a lot of talk in, in the golf community about growing the game. Well, uh, there's nothing more. Uh, that like, how could you grow the game more than what PK did in in, in Jackass Four? That's true leadership. The those are the those are the activations that the NHL marketing team should be looking for. And uh, if they need any more ideas, call me. Uh, I, my resume is all always open. So they just have to look for your LinkedIn page. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the the national hockey league has you just get the email that the national hockey league has viewed your linkedin page um I yeah <laughs> uh it, it, one thing i wanted to mention about pk suban in that in that role is the amount of f-bombs he drops because it feels like he came in he's like okay no one's ever heard me drop a swear word um i'm gonna make sure i make it count and drop like two of them in a matter of 15 seconds 
because he's like, fuck you, Aaron. He tries way too hard to be mean uh, when the act of shooting a black rubber disc at almost 100 miles an hour into another man's balls isn't mean enough. enough. (laughs) But you know what? We're going to be nice about PK. He's growing the game. He's an HDA ambassador. And I bought one of his suit jackets from RW and Co. And I still have it because I really like it. So thank you, PK. Are you also an RW and Co. boy? I am. They... I suits that I've I love RW and Co. Miles yeah. Miles rips on me because he thinks that RW and Co. is 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 overpriced and stupid. And I was like, man, they I have feel sales like they, on constantly. yeah, they give you fucking deals all the time. I'm like, yeah. I I get a the the first time I went there, I'm like, you know what? These are some nice crew neck sweaters. I'm gonna buy some mm-hmm. nice crew necks. And mm-hmm. I and I I brought them up to the till, and the girl's like, "Hey, do you have an account with us?" And I said, "No, I don't." She's like, "Would you like to start one today?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, absolutely." And she's like, "We we'll give you uh we'll give you thirty percent off just because you started up." I'm like, "Oh, that's great." And she's like, "Oh, by the way, it's also forty percent off." So <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, that's fucking awesome." So now and then I. We got a we got a sweater for my dad for Christmas as well for uh, from RW and Co. And I gave them my information for it. And Taylor brings the sweater up, and she's expecting to spend like sixty bucks on the sweater for my dad just because it's like oh like a nice sweater. Yeah, it came to like sixteen dollars. Unreal. Just with this is all a free the savings, ad just to spite Miles, because Miles, that's a bad take, and your your LBI is. Uh, not allowing you to defend it, but you're still wrong anyways. <laughs> uh, next up, which I think you're going to be happy with this one. Best director. Daryl Sutter, Calgary Flames. Rod the Bod Brindamore, Carolina Hurricanes. Todd McClellan, Los Angeles Kings. Jared Bednar, Colorado Avalanche and Andrew Burnett, the Florida Panthers. And the Oscar goes to Daryl Sutter. That's my guy. That's my farming old man king. And uh, lots of things I love about Daryl this year. Uh, His every single interview uh, is gold he takes no shit from anyone even our good reporters he doesn't take shit from which means that every time eric francis opens his mouth he gets just the worst answers back because he he answers terrible questions um daryl also does a great job of paying um paying respect to the fallen flames coaches before him he's never said a bad word about any of his predecessors including uh, for anyone looking at my uh, looking at the video feed, uh, my my background of current Edmonton Oilers almost head coach, but still assistant coach Glenn Gullitson, um, for his uh, this is mid the the best coaching move that he ever made in the Calgary Flames was throwing his stick into the crowd uh, into the empty seats of the Pengrove Saddle Dome, now the Scotiabank Saddle Dome, uh, during a temper tantrum. So we, you know what. I, I just think that shows what a long way the Calgary Flames coaching has come from. We've gone from temper tantrums to racism to pure incompetence <laughs> to a farmer who is probably going to win the Jack Adams this year. So it's it's been it's been quite the journey, and we're all happy to be here. <laughs> the, casual, the casual racism. <laughs> 
Um, by the way, we should also shout out Andrew Burnett because um, he took over this Florida Panthers team that was like extremely well coached by Joel Quenville, and then Joel Quenville got uh, canceled, and so they're like, "See you later." Here comes Andrew Burnett, and uh, they haven't skipped a beat. They've been probably even better than before. So, shout Joel Quenville was Joel Quenville was almost on our best teammate list for graciously stepping down when he realized his goose was cooked because. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Way to way to put the team first, Joel. I um I listened to um I listened to the the very big hockey podcast that shall not be named because I mm-hmm. I um they did an interview. What the hell was their interview with? Um oh it was with um it was with Sam Bennett and I just wanted to hear I just wanted to hear their, oh, their Seattle Sam. I wanted to hear their uh hear their hear their Sam Bennett interview. And um they talked <laughs> They talked about Mike Babcock and Joel Quenville, and they were talking about whether or not they should have head coaching jobs again. And they're like, "Well, they didn't really do anything like that bad." It's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you sure about that? They're well, like, Bab- and then Babcock's they- <laughs> coaching the U of S Huskies, so he's already on the comeback. And, it, and they basically chalked it up to like cancel culture. At its finest. Oh, good stuff, fellas. Uh, by the way, did you see the uh, did you see the um, the Jeff Foxworthy thing that's making its rounds on Twitter? Yeah, it's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> if if anybody doesn't know, uh, I'm referring to the uh, clip that uh, the the clip that Netflix put out on Twitter of a new, of a new Jeff Foxworthy special. Uh, in which he complains about participation trophies, like a classic uh, boomer humor, as 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 we all expected. Uh, anyways, my camera's about to die, so we better uh, we better get this all wrapped up. Two categories sure. left. Anyways, next up, best original screenplay, which is best general manager, and the nominees are Bill Zito, the Florida Panthers, Joe Sakic, the Colorado Avalanche, Julian Breezebois of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Don Waddell of the Carolina Hurricanes and Pizza Boy of the Calgary Flames. And the Oscar goes to... Uh, could have been Edmonton Oilers general manager Bill Zito. Ooh, God damn it. Still stings, huh? I will... He's going to be lifting a cup and I'm going to have tears rolling down my face. Yeah. Yeah. That, it's, that'll it's, be a tough one. That'll be a yeah. tough one. I mean... You can't not give it to Bill Cito. Guy's just been no. making bold move after bold move, and he yes. doesn't take shit from anybody. Has no excuses in the tank. Uh, lost his head coach when they were in the middle of an amazing start and somehow pulled through. Um, yeah, Bill Zito just friggin' rocks, and he's sick. Good for him. Uh, we did this We did this too early for the Ben Chariot Uh move to retroactively maybe lose this for him so congrats bill you're way too you're a uh, writer you're a wga winner maybe not the oscar winner but certainly you won the guild awards and by the way uh this is this is actually a great time for us to do the oscars uh with kyle because that means that you do not get a biased take on this because if it were up to me i probably would have made best coach <laughs> uh uh oh my god uh Jay Woodcroft. I was going to call him Todd Woodcroft for a second. Oh, by the way, I forgot to just update a couple of the uh, update a couple of the Miles awards that he handed out. By the way, um, mm. 
Uh, best of, oh yeah, so we got best original score. Best supporting actor. He said Connor McDavid. I wish I was on to justify this, but I think he's taking a huge step as a leader. And he's saying about and and what he's saying about the boys and how he leads the win. Sally, he's all in. Uh, best actor Barkov. Leader captain. He's a rock star this year. Best director Woodcroft. Limited sample size, but look at the numbers, <laughs> boys. Hell yeah. Uh, best screenplay Joe Sackick. Which okay. leads us to. Our best picture. And does he have the same pick for... Yeah, he does have the same pick for best picture. Unanimous. Unanimous decision. And the nominees are... The Colorado Avalanche. The Florida Panthers. The Carolina Hurricanes. The Tampa Bay Lightning. The Calgary Flames. And the Oscar goes to... The Colorado Avalanche have won Best Picture at the 2022 One for One Academy Awards. I'm happy for them. This is this is just more media pressure uh, before their inevitable meltdown in the second round. So that's just keep building it. I'm before. sure they'll hear this and they will they'll wince. They'll remember this that they they want to they want an Oscar. They absolutely have to win something this year. They have. Um, they got to get to the conference final. Uh, at, at the very least. And, and even then, I still think it's a disappointment if they do not make it past the conference final. Um, I agree. This team is ridiculous. It's deep all the way down. You basically have Ryan Murray as like your seventh defenseman, which is semi-problematic. Um, it, like, Kale McCarr. Sicko. M- like, I was thinking about this the other day. Is he like the fourth best player in the NHL? Yeah, he he's like he's he's I think he's the joker of the NHL. Like just I, a truly twisted individual. Oh man. He's, <laughs> the, he's so his, he's so edgy. His, 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 his edge work. His, his edge work. Edge work. Oh! He's so edgy. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Well, what do he you get when you cross him. Connor McDavid with a Bobby Orr style defenseman? I'll tell you what you get, Kyle. You get a fucking Norris Trophy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. Thank that's you. who he is. Uh, so, congrats, congrats to the Colorado Avalanche. I'm sure this is going to translate. I'm sure. Actually, who we should really be congratulating is Nazem Kadri for. Uh, the absolute bag that he's going to sign uh, for this upcoming summer and never live up to it. Ottawa this is Senators, it. This Ottawa is Senators, Ottawa Senators. Or oh actually, oh no, you know who I want so badly? Mm-hmm. The Philadelphia Flyers. Because they're not be unreal. Because they're not going to fire Chuck Fletcher. They're going to keep him. Nope. They're going to be like, they're going to be like, this yep. guy's a king. This guy rules. Yep. Mm. Oh, I need all. Yep. I need all that yummy Nazim Kadri content. Or or Seattle saved all that cap space this year to, oh, to yes. take a run at them. <laughs> there's so Fuck. many there's so many delicious options. Like oh my god, I, I I still can't believe Seattle was like, you know what? Not gonna take Vladimir Tarasenko. You know what? We're gonna sign Jaden Schwartz to big bag money, and we're gonna sign Philip Grubauer. Let's go. We're in. Yeah. We're in like Flynn. Yeah. Well, that about wraps up the one I for do, one. Oh, what, what's up? I, I do have I do have one more question for you. Yes, uh, I'd, I'd be remiss to not ask. We're doing an Oscars podcast. 
uh, I got I got to leave a movie recommendation with the people. What was uh, what was your favorite 2021 oh. picture? Oh my movie god, picture. Actually, I don't even know why I did. Oh my god, because it's it's easy for me. It, with a bullet, it was licorice pizza. That's right. That yeah. you are correct. That, that I is, asked that, that question knowing we would be unanimous on this. Uh, it is a it is a delight of a film. If you have not. If you have not gone out and watched it, do so before Sunday, before Paul Thomas Anderson graces our stage for his best original screenplay win. That's that's my that's my prediction for that movie coming up on coming up on Sunday. Uh, an absolute crime that Alana Haim and Cooper Hoffman weren't nominated for for their performances. And our boy and and, and our boy and our boy Bradley. And our, especially our 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 boy Bradley Coop for 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 supporting actor. Uh Perfect film. No, it's, ten out of ten. No notes. Go watch it. Um, and honestly, a lot of good movies uh, probably getting getting uh, getting recognition this year. The only truly evil one is Don't Look Up. If you like Don't Look Up, you were wrong. Uh, that that movie was made for people who consider sharing uh, Instagram infographics activism, and uh, truly one of the worst two hours and twenty minutes that I've had to sit through in a long time. So don't cheer for that movie. Cheer for anything else. We don't. We, we don't. We don't need Adam McKay winning more. Okay. Um, no more Adam McKay. Adam Adam McKay was fun to win when it was like two thousand and eight. We don't. We don't need more Adam McKay jerk off sessions, please and thank you. Okay. And the more the more credit you give him, the more fuel you add to the fire. That is the. Um, uh, uh, Adam McKay blue checkmark fucking bullshit culture. Yeah. Uh, at, at this, the, at the inevitable Adam McKay coronavirus movie might kill Hollywood for good. By the way, that, 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 that Apatow movie looks like it's going to suck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brother, does it ever. For tough, a tough time to be a comedy auteur right now. It's and okay. I know that we're kind of getting off topic before we close this out, and my camera is going to die shortly. But um, it, one of the worst things I've seen on the internet in the last six months was when because um, it was a guy that uh, I so I really liked Batman, and I looked for people that actively really didn't like Batman um, mm -hmm. because I think that you're kind of outing yourself if you're like it was boring. It's like, eh, yeah. really, really not. <laughs> it's just, yeah. um, and so I, I found this guy or I found, uh, I think he's a writer for like, uh, the guardian or something like that. And Ooh, no, yeah. no, maybe, maybe, maybe it was Forbes. I, I can't remember. Um, but anyways, okay. uh, the quote was about the trailer for this new Apatow movie. I cannot even remember what the name was. Sorry, people. I'm not giving you recommendations. Um, but he basically said, see, you can make Tropic Thunder now. Oh, that's, that's distressing. I just, uh, and like, I don't think people understand like just how good Tropic Thunder is and just how hard it is to like, it's not only because it like, it teeters a line, but it's also because it's just so fucking funny. Yes. And there's just something about it like, because the unfortunate part is that even when you do satire now, even if you're not doing this, like, um, even if you're not doing it in a way that comes off as corny as like the, we're trying like the, 
the shitty like uh, like sort of neoliberal like blue check mark bullshit that I was kind of talking about before, like what Adam McKay does. It's still so hard to do it and have your satire not come off in that way. I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know if I'm kind of if it makes sense, like what I'm saying it's, at all. But it's hard. It's hard to uh, be satirical with anything that's currently happening because people uh, get it. so yeah. inflamed on any side of any issue that a lot of the takes that get thrown around online uh, yeah. are be are equal or beyond what you could actually get away with satirically. Yeah. Uh, so, so tough, tough to do any of that right now. Um, it's, it's, it's a shit show. It's, yeah. it's truly bleak. Um, don't, it, a lot of Twitter brain is, is how people are writing uh, movie and TV comedy right now. Um, it's and that, that shouldn't be your audience. You shouldn't, you shouldn't play to Twitter, except if you're a burgeoning hockey podcast, like one for one in which you do there. want to build your Twitter following, please go, please go leave a follow. Uh, I'm sure the handles will be in the show description. Uh, and uh, do wish, do wish co-host Miles best of luck as he returns from his undisclosed uh, LBI. Uh, I'm the, the GM of one for one will not be commenting on this any further. <laughs> uh, well, you, I mean, you you wrapped it up quite nicely and I appreciate that. But as, uh, yeah, like a um, couple of games coming up. We got San Jose actually right now. Um, let's currently just check the score. I, I, I'm praying to God this is going okay. Hold on. Let's just, let's just get a, get a good look. Uh, uh, score is zero zero, but the shots are ten okay. to six Oilers, which is which okay. is which is good to see. I, I, I like to hear that. Um, and then um, Saturday, Kyle, BOA, Boa, are you gonna are are you are you gonna take part in the challenge? Uh, if there is a challenge to be had, uh, I I am likely available. I do not see myself being in attendance in that game, seeing as how I'm going to the uh, Arizona Dirt Dogs game the night before. <laughs> So, uh, don't, don't think, don't think my budget can do back-to-back, uh, dome phone nights. So, uh, I, I will be looking for some at-home solutions. So that could mean, uh, potentially a Zoom room is a, is a, is a possibility. Stay, watch, watch this space. Yeah, it's, it's, there's going to be, there's going to, there's going to be something going on, ladies and gentlemen. Anyways, I'm going to try and close this up similar to how Miles does it. Um, Thank you to everyone listening. We really appreciate it. Um, we are just, um, I mean, I, I, I've, I've been getting emails just from like the historical data of one for one so far and just how far it's come has been really incredible. We recently just passed 2,500 downloads, which I think is fucking so cool. Like I know that we've put out quite a few episodes and we just recently passed 50 as well. Um, which is just insane to think about um like we've just passed like 50 episodes which is just like i i can't even think about how far we've come and just how much of a difference it's made and has kind of made me more excited to talk about hockey and all that more often but um thank you very much for that uh thank you to everyone following us on twitter at one for one pod on twitter on instagram as well at one underscore four underscore one pod uh, and the YouTube channel, which has one, which is one video, which is the first episode of season two. So if you want to subscribe to that, you can. Um, but other than that, thank you to everyone listening. 
And as always, go Oilers go. Are you going to give a go Oilers go? Uh, not quite there yet. We've, we've <laughs> crossed... We've crossed the aisle on a lot of issues. Uh, I'm, I'm not not quite there yet. Uh, hey, this is Kyle Goer. Let's go. Yeah.